profit is not cash. Conscious saying, I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle three I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. A few weeks ago, the director of global marketing at Forest, Cyan Gray, came onto Forest FM to discuss the details of the Forest Growth Fund, our commitment to helping salons all over the world reach their growth potential by providing a financial boost to their growth plans. Now, at the time, we made sure to answer the most frequently asked questions, such as, why should salon owners be excited about the Forest Growth Fund? Who is it for? What can a salon apply for funding for? When can they apply? What are the limitations? And of course, what happens next if a salon is eligible for funding? Ever since the episode was aired, we've been adding more and more information about the Forest Growth Fund on the Forest.com page and on our social media accounts. Forest CEO Ronan Percival also shared a video message to the Forest community, and that is available to watch on the Forest Growth Fund page and on our Instagram account. Now, there's also a published growth fund timeline, which I'll go into next, as well as five confirmed panelists who will be reviewing all applications. So you might have already done this, but if not, you can pre-register your interest for the growth fund as of today. Once registered, you'll be able to download a sample application. March 21st is when applications open. If your application does not reach the requirements, we'll be reaching out with further information on how to remedy this. The applications then close on May 1st, and as of June 13th, successful applicants will be notified by email. Unsuccessful applicants will still be eligible to receive advice and support in their chosen growth area, and this will be done through the non-fund growth program starting on June 15th. As for the confirmed panelists, the names will be familiar. Former CEO of Comfort Zone and Davinus, Paolo Bruguzzi. Editor-in-Chief of Salon Today, Stacey Sobel. Speaker, consultant, author, Susan Routledge. Founder of Image Skincare, Jana Ronert. And last but not least, the CEO of High Performance Stylist, David Barnett. As a companion to your application to the Forest Growth Fund, we'd like to offer two episode reruns, this week and next. Popular episodes from Forest FM Season 2 and 3, respectively, and starting with Episode 63. This episode featured David Barnett, CEO of High Performance Stylist. David is a business coach for the salon and beauty industry with over 30 years of experience helping salon owners and individual professionals create increased profit, growth, and incredible careers. This was a conversation Killian and I had back in 2018 when Forest FM was still taking its first few baby steps, so I'd like to give a fair warning that the audio quality will be quite different from what it is today. But looking past that, the content of the conversation is still greatly relevant. And when you think about how much has changed leadership-wise in the past five years, let alone in the past 10 to 30, it's clear to me that David makes strong points in this conversation. What about instead of marketing to new clients, we were able to build a business and become famous for being the best place to work? you know, and, and marketing to the best stylist in your area. Because let's face it, if you've got the best stylist in your area working for you and they're knocking on your door, wanting jobs, and they're fully booked, then your job is done. Yeah. You know, you have a highly successful business. And I think that if you can 
approach it slightly differently, right? Rather than going after the clients all the time, how about saying, you know what, what can we do differently for the team? So without further ado, here is David Barnett. Good morning, David. How are you? Thanks, Killian. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to do this episode with you. Yeah, no, we just thought it'd be brilliant because you are a salon coach yourself. You have worked in the industry. So if there is anyone to talk about leadership best is is you because you've had your own staff and now you inspire this into other salon owners. Yeah, you know, and I think that leadership has been something that we've seen have a massive shift in what's mm-hmm. going on in the industry right now. And I think it's been... Um, I think that's been the main cause why we've seen so many other breakaways into different types of businesses like the salon suites and um, the more rental salons and that type of thing. I think it's due to the way that we are leading salons. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of talk about what some of the most successful salons in our industry are doing differently and how they're leading yeah. the way. Yeah, Zoe, you actually have a good question to kick it off with. I was just looking at things and right, like I'm I'm from like a younger generation and I, f- I feel like we have this difficulty leading the younger generation because of perhaps the fact that we were brought up with technology uh, straight away. So how do you define great leadership with all this generational gap? Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's a great question. You know, I think that uh, the way that we approach leader, if we, if we look at it two different ways, right? I think this is the way that I love to explain it to some of the salons that, that we that we get to coach is that there's kind of like the old way and the new way, you know, <laughs> I mean, those of us that have been in the hairdressing industry long enough, we, we always remember that, you know, working for the salon, you worked for the boss, you worked for the brand, you worked for the name, he was kind of like on this pedestal, or she was on this pedestal, and the team were there below it, you know, and we were there to support this salon or this brand or this boss you know whereas now the guys that are just kind of like knocking it out the park right now they're the ones that show up for work saying guys what can i do for you how can i best support you you know what are the tools that you need in order to be successful because you're so right you know the 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 stylists of today they are able, they've realized they are able to go and build their own brand and build their own business you know that is why so many of them have took this kind of entrepreneurial route and decided to go and, you know, um, take over this one chair salon or this, you know, this tiny little space or go and rent a chair somewhere and really build their own career and build their own business. So now we need to be approaching our team members as, as if they were our bosses, you know, and we're saying to them, we're saying to them, you know, what can I do for you? How can I best support you? What are the tools that you need in order to be massively successful? Because I really believe that the stylist is the one that's in control of their career now. And when they realize that and the boss realizes that, things just kind of take off. That's interesting because (laughs) I was going to ask, basically I was going to say is like, do you know the way you kind of you see a leader and people when they're younger especially they always assume oh you're a born leader you always Mm -hmm. hear that phrase you're a born leader. And when you talk about introverts and extroverts, I was going to say, is it something that you are genuinely born into or you can build into it? How did you find yourself approach leadership? Yeah, you know, for me, I was always uh, fascinated by education. You know, I love, I really enjoyed giving education. You know, first of all, I, I love education, whether I'm receiving it or whether I'm giving it, you know. Um, but um, education was something that I always seemed to, you know, wherever I worked, it always seemed to be the niche that I fell into. You know, it was like, David, would you teach training night? As soon as I was qualified with my, finished my apprenticeship, it was like, okay, you can start teaching training night now, (laughs) you know? And from there, I've just always been in that role. So, but I think, you know, the, the beautiful thing about social media and building your business that way is that you can be an introvert 
and still be very loud on social media. You know, it's not a case of having to be out there in front of people or shouting out your name anymore. So because I know that there's a lot of hairdressers out there, you know, very, very artistic, very talented and very introverted and really don't like to be making a big noise and shouting, you know, and uh, or standing on stage or being in front of a large class or a large room, but they don't have to be anymore. Yeah. You know, they can be that introvert and still have a loud message. So how do you demonstrate those leadership skills, right. you know, on a day-to-day basis? Does it have does it have anything to do with, like, a proficiency to, to face challenges, or maybe it's about being transparent, earning trust? Obviously, earning trust is a big one. Right. So yeah, no, I've got I've got a couple of formulas that you really need to have in place in order to come across as that really support uh, supportful leader. Um, first of all, I just wanted to kind of put this out there, and that is that you know, when I work with salons, I you know always the salon owner is looking to get more profits, right? Become a more successful business, which is the old way of doing that is, of course, to get more clients in the chair or to be doing more services, right? We make more money. What about instead of marketing to new clients, we were able to build a business and become famous for being the best place to work, you know, and and marketing to the best stylist in your area. Because let's face it, if you've got the best stylist in your area working for you and they're knocking on your door, wanting jobs and they're fully booked, then your job is done. You know, you have a highly successful business. And I think that if you can approach it slightly differently, right? Rather than going after the clients all the time, how about saying, you know what, what can we do differently for the team? How can we make this the place to work, you know? And it's not always um, through um, paying them more money. You know, it's not always that, you know, there's plenty of other stuff that we can be doing. And I've got a couple of suggestions here for you. So um, first thing is, you know, there has to be those one-on-one meetings that you're having with each team member. This was something that was just like religious in my in my salon, that Nicole and I sat down with each team member for at least 15 minutes every single month. It had to happen. And it was always on the same date, always on the same time. We were very, very consistent with it. And, you know, um, a lot of salon owners, what they do is when they're setting goals for their team member, they have a look at what they did last year, right? Let's just throw out a number, for instance. Let's say it's 500,000 they did last year. And this year, they want to do 600,000. So they want a 20% increase. So then they go and break down those numbers and they start to kind of distribute them amongst the team members and say, like, okay, this is your goal for the year. This is what I need you to be doing. Well, the stylist has no ownership over that goal because that is not their goal. That is the salon's goal. That is your goal. So the first very important thing to do is to make sure that the goal that you're setting is something that they have come up with themselves. All right. So it, it, it could be something that is nothing to do with the business. You know, I mean, I've had stylists come to me and say, you know what, my, my daughter has always wanted ballet lessons. You know, I would love that for her that within three or four months from now, I have the money that I can I can put it into this ballet school she wants to go to. Or perhaps it's a new car or perhaps it's a new couch or, or, or a wedding or a down payment on a house. Whatever it may be, it needs to come from the individual. Now, the thing is that when they come up with that, everything, everything that we do reverts back to how much money we bring in because it's all associated. It's all linked to it. But it can't come from there to begin with. It has to come from inside the stylist. It has to come from the heart, you know. And once they come up with that, then we start to build on the goals. Okay, what does that look like? You know, let's break it down to a financial goal. So when you're having the one-on-one meetings with them, then 
the first thing is, of course, to go and have a look at how they did the previous month. You know, let's have a look at those numbers. Let's have a look at where you were. Did you hit the goal that you wanted to achieve? You know, and of course, you're talking about the personal goal. You're not talking about the um, the financial goal for the salon. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you want to be able to reset them and make sure they've got something else that they're aiming for the following month. And I think, you know, one of the most important questions is to always ask, what else can I do to support you? You know, how can I best support you? What are your biggest challenges right now? And how can I support that? And I think that, you know, the client just automatically connects with you then and they they find this um, uh, different, different, this different level or deeper level of trust in you, you know, and that's what we need to get. So you talk about, um, and the ownership, I'm going to get back to that because I'm actually so happy to hear you talk about the ownership, Mm -hmm. but you're saying you're sitting down your staff, you're doing one-to-one targets, one-to-one goals. Mm -hmm. How do you get everyone working together as a team? So do you know the whole, if one person is kind of lacking, you're going to do the whole, you'll get that like point in the finger and team are starting to blame if performance drops Mm -hmm. on one area. So how do you get team all together to help want yeah. to help you so i see you're you're not doing as good in an area you're i'm going to take it for myself now to go and help you as another staff member now not as a leader and mm-hmm. um, i'll help you i'll support you because at the end of the day we all have that one objective yeah so how do you motivate your team to want to help each other you know i mean i think all of this comes back to communication right and um i think that the salons that are just like crushing it right now who are doing so well um they're having they're having uh there's, there's, there's times during each day where they are communicating together as a team and you know we used to have the morning huddle it's something that i talk about a lot during our, my coaching programs and i think it's such an important thing because again it just kind of unifies you it's five minutes in the morning where you get to talk about you know yesterday's successes you know what happened yesterday that was a huge success it could be something really really small it could be you know that a client wanted uh, asked for a diet coke and you don't serve diet coke but the stylist was good enough to go out and get one you know i mean that's awesome service you know and and of course it could be that a, a client was so happy with her hair that she got up and she was hugging the stylist whatever it may be whether act of kindness or just success that you saw the previous day then you celebrate it. Then you look at the challenges for today. You know, what's going on in the salon today that could possibly cause a challenge for you, you know? And again, you're identifying it as a team. You're talking about it rather than a stylist noticing two appointments booked too close together. And rather than saying anything, she's sitting in the back going, oh gee, I can't wait my two o'clock. It's going to absolutely kill me. She's going to go mad when she sees what's going on here. You know, you're identifying it and both of you then, you know that there's going to be support there. There's going to be help. And then the third part then is, um, what are the goals for today? You know, what are the salon goals? What are the personal goals for today? And how can we support each other? So, you know, to answer your question, really, again, it's just communication. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see so much of a lack of it in so many salons. And, you know, um, the idea with the huddle isn't that you're having this meeting every day. I think when it's put across like that, of course, you get the big eye roll from the team. And it's like, oh, my God, we're, we're meeting every day now. She's out of her mind or he's out of his mind, you know. The idea is that you're grabbing a coffee together. You know, you're grabbing a coffee and you're setting yourself all up for success each day. Yeah, I mean, it's the way it's the way you you market it almost, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Would you think that communication is kind of like the most difficult part of being a leader, like making those communication streams open? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think so. In 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 a lot of circumstances, again, social media 
is an awesome tool to use within your group as well. You know, I mean, um, within my own salon, what we had was we had, you know, of course, our our, our uh, Facebook page and Instagram page for the salon. Then we also had a private uh, group for our team, for the entire team. And then the management team. So there's like four of us who were in a management group as well. And again, it's just such an easy way to communicate rather than having, you know, if you're a leader, having to have the same conversation with multiple people at different times of the day, being able to shoot out a message anytime during the day or night and be able to say, okay, this is what's happening tomorrow morning, or this is what I need you to do. So I think, you know, social media, it's not something that's going away, you know, it's something that's here and it's something that is um, such an, an efficient tool for us if we use it correctly. And, um, you know, it's not just for marketing. It's also a great form of communication. So anything that you can do that you think works with your team, then use it. Cool. And just on the other spectrum of that, so you've got your staff being more communicative with each other, being more supportive, wanting to help each other. What about egos? Because mm-hmm. as a leader, an ego can be not just your staff members, but also sometimes you might have an ego because yeah. when you get good at something, you you know you're good at it and that mm-hmm. ego can sometimes i suppose deafen you from listening to other people mm-hmm. so how do you deal with it with other staff members who feel like they're they're better than everyone else mm-hmm. or even yourself where you feel like you're always in the right that you're eventually not listening to your staff yeah that's a really that it's a really great you? question yeah it's a really great question i think that you know it, an ego is definitely something that as a leader this is this is one of the biggest changes because I think it was you know it was <laughs> some of the some of the uh, the salon owners back in the day for sure anyway were 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 famous for having the ego you know and I think it worked <laughs> it worked for them back then because they were like the rock stars you know a few people are jumping to my mind right now as I'm thinking about this <laughs> but, um, you know and I was probably like that when I first got into the leadership role myself but um, yeah it's just, it's the one area now where you've got to realize that your salon, your business isn't the brick and mortar location. It is the team. You know, that is your business. You know, your people are your business, meaning your team members and your clients. That is your business, you know, and you've got to, you've got to be that protector. You've got to look after them and support them. You know, if if you realize that and you understand it, then your business will thrive. You know, if you think it's it's all about you or, you know, anyone would work for you or they'd be happy to work for you, then you're going to have problems somewhere down the line. I can almost guarantee it. And do you feel that, like you were saying, it's kind of the old school approach. Is this still an issue at the moment or do you think that people have now moved into the next level? You know, you can definitely see it. You know, there's definitely um, some salons out there that are still still living that way, you know, and and maybe they maybe they've been in business long enough to to get by. But I think you're going to see that this new approach to leadership will far outdo the old approach, you know, and I think you're going to see them um, just rise past them. You know, I think. I think it's the answer. It's the answer to having a massively successful salon now. You know, it's creating this place of, of massive support. Yeah, because just like the title of the episode, it's not about I'm going to be the best salon. It's a place that people want to work in, mm-hmm. want to work for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, another thing that um, is often thought in the industry, which I think is wrong as well, is the fact that, you know, some a lot of stylists believe they can earn more renting um, somewhere than working in a commission or a salary-based salon, which is just, again, not true. You know, I had a commission-based salon um, and the stylists that were working for me could never earn as much money as 
um, sorry, we're earning much more money than what they could ever earn, I should say, um, renting a chair somewhere. Yeah. You know, but again, it's about having the systems in place to allow them to continue to grow. You know, having the support there for them, having the assistants or the apprentices there for them to support them, to allow them to see more guests um, and be able to charge more prices and see more, see more clients and make more money. So do you have any like specific examples of what some of the most successful leaders today are doing at the moment, like doing differently when you when you say that new approach to leadership? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, um, I'm seeing a lot, a lot of um, salon owners now start to step away from behind the chair as much in, so they can actually play this role even better. So like I was talking about the one-on-ones um, and the huddles every day, but just coming up with whatever ideas they can in order to to support, to market, to, um, to their community, you know, and just that becomes more of their role rather than seeing their own guests and, and focusing on their own clientele, you know, which I think... Um, would probably be a dream for a lot of uh, salon owners as well. They would love to get out behind the chair, but not getting out behind the chair to do less work, but just to switch roles now. Still work just as hard as what they were working, but more in this in this supportive role. You have to change that hat eventually. You can't mm-hmm. always be the stylist of your own business if you want to grow that business. 100%. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that, you know. Um, and, you know, um, I've watched so many salon owners who who continue to just, you know, be the the busiest stylist in the salon. They feel that is the way to 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 um, uh, probably set an example to their team members. And I think that's true up to a certain point. But then you've got to you've got to realize that your role, especially if you want to do another location or grow the business in other areas, then you've got to take your focus away from your own clientele and make sure and and really kind of manage your business as if you have seven or eight smaller businesses. If you've got eight 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 stylists. If you manage it like you have eight businesses, then I think you'll see things completely shift. You know, I think that is a great, great way to look at it. So would you almost compare today's new way of leadership almost as a mentorship relationship with your employee? Yeah, 100%. I think 100%. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, that you are you are mentoring the whole way through. Um, and I think it's always been a bit of a mentorship, you know, but I just think it's a more... There's a, there's a deeper level of support. You know, I think a lot of salon owners live in this fear that, um, you know, you're going to support this stylist and then they're going to up and leave and go down the street. You know, they're very reactive with their leadership. They kind of wait for something to happen. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give him all this. And then he's going to take his clients down the street. You know, at the end of the day, we can't run our business from that type of fear. You know, we've got to just release that. And there's a much, much higher chance of that stylist staying with you and going on to be even more successful if you give them the tools. If you hold back, there's a much higher chance they're going to leave, you know? And at the end of the day, if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. So we move on. They've always, you know, stylists have been doing this for years, you know, and it happens. But let's make them highly successful and let's make, let's give them the the type of support that's going to make them think, you know what, I wouldn't go anywhere else. This is, this is so great. And that is that is something that came up in a recent episode about staff retention because we always talk about client retention. Mm -hmm. But the staff retention was if they're going to if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. But you have to treat everyone as if they want to stay with you for the next twenty, thirty years because not everyone wants to go out and be their own business person. Not everyone wants to be their own salon owner. You were bold enough and brave enough to make the decision, Mm -hmm. but not everyone has that passion that you do. So. 
invest in your own guys. Yeah, no, I mean, like I was just saying there uh, earlier about my own stylist, we had multiple stylists earning over six figures, mm-hmm. you know, and why would they want to go and open their own place and have all that, you know, have, have all that pressure on them, you know, when they're taking home that kind of paycheck? I was, I was like, oh, they're kind of matching my check, you know, and I've got to go home and deal with everything else, you know, and manage everybody else on my team. So, no, I completely agree with that, that, you know, a lot of people have no interest in opening their own place. They just want to have a highly successful career and work somewhere where they're really appreciated. And do you have any tips or advice for someone, for a salon owner that wants to find their own mentor? So while we were saying about mentoring your own staff, how would a salon owner go about about to find their own mentor? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a a lot of different avenues right now. And, you know, um, this is an area that my wife and I obviously felt that this was um, something that was needed in our industry, you know, and that's why we kind of decided to sell our California business and, and go into coaching full time. So um, certainly I would love to be a resource for anybody out there. You know, if there's something going on in your business and you're just like, you know what, I've tried to find the answer for this, but I can't find it or I can't find the right advice or my business is totally different from anybody else's out there, which of course we all think <laughs> on some level, you know, if that's what you're feeling, then you know, I'd be happy to, to offer a, you know, a 30 minute coaching call complimentary to anybody who would love to, uh, to just have 30 minutes with me. But when you're so, that. no, that's, that's absolutely brilliant because yeah. when you're so wrapped up in your own business, yeah. you could be missing simple things. Yes. So having someone like you come in and take a fresh approach, a fresh look at it, like yeah. you're saying, even in 30 minutes, you might see a load of stuff that they just never even thought of. Yeah. You know, what so many owners out there totally miss the what seems like an obvious opportunity to me you know because when you're in it you know you're doing those clients every single day you're trying to manage the business and all of your focus goes on to what's not happening you know all of the negatives you know that are going on they're the things that tend to fill up your mind so yes definitely you know an, an outsider's approach an outsider's viewpoint of it and and sometimes just a 30 minute conversation and you come up with the answers yourself yeah you know that's a great thing sometimes it just takes having a proper chat about it to somebody and uh, and you'll come up with the answers you know everything is, is fixable for sure like i even find here sometimes when a project just isn't working for me i'll talk to someone even if they don't understand what i'm talking about they could be a wall for me mm-hmm. but after saying it loud you'll start going well hang on a second you yeah. just sometimes you just need to hear yourself say it right to instantly pick up and go well actually that look happens at to this. me all the time yeah. i can totally relate to yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll give you the, the link to my schedule yeah. and, and um, what they'll see then if they click on the link, there's a, there's, a, there's a very short questionnaire there. So if you've got something going on with your business, you can fill out the questionnaire just to give me an idea of what's happening. And then I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to schedule a call with you. So David, we'll put that in the blurb. We'll put that in the viral of the social media and stuff. But just to summarize this episode today, you've obviously been around a, a good um many years okay so like you said you've been around for many years <laughs> um just to summarize how can you compare so someone that you feel might be still stuck in the old form of leadership mm-hmm. and wants to move into new leadership how do you identify mm-hmm what you're currently doing that needs to move on to what you should be doing? I think the first question has to be, how well do you know your team? Yeah. You know, do you know what their personal and their um, professional goals are? 
you know, how well do you know them? Because I think it's really important to understand exactly what makes them tick, you know, what's going to light them up. And it's different for everybody, you know. And if you feel like, I just cannot motivate this lot, you know, or I've got certain stylists and they are just so lazy. They just, you know, they just, they just won't do what I ask them to do. Passing the blame. Yeah, passing the blame. Is it because you don't understand them? Have you actually taken them out for a coffee? Sometimes it takes that to take them out of the salon and just have that conversation about, you know, what is it that you want? You know, if I could wave a magic wand in six months from now, what would you love to see happen? Mm-hmm. And let's see if I can help you with that. And I think that that level of understanding is the difference between uh, the new and what used to go on. You know, I mean, it's funny, you know, you you look at some of these shows that are on TV now, like, um, or even like Tabitha Salon Takeover or, um, oh, what's the one with the, uh, with the chef, Gordon Ramsay, Ramsay, (laughs) you know, and it all comes back to the owners, you know, you never see him really going crazy at any of the staff, you know, or you never see Tabitha going crazy at any of the staff. It always comes back to the leadership, you know, it comes from above and, you know, it's up to you to set the tone and Honestly, if you can connect with your team at this level, on that level, that personal level, where you really understand them and you know they are open with you, um, then you'll get this unbelievable level of of respect, you know, and you'll find that they've got this new fire in their belly to want to be successful for you. So, number one, take ownership of your team, take 100%. ownership of your business. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's been absolutely brilliant, David. Thanks very much for that. My pleasure. My pleasure as always. Thanks a lot. The concept of leadership has been around for generations. Today, leaders come in all shapes and sizes. On Forest FM, we've talked about the topic time and time again, asking questions like, how can we bridge the gap between generations? What do staff want from their salon? What does it take for a salon to be ready for its next hire? What are some of the most successful communication strategies? And how do you lead with humility and drive? Stephen R. Covey once said, to change ourselves effectively, we first had to change our perceptions. If you're in search of a change in perceptions when it comes to leadership in the hair and beauty industry, our Forest FM catalog is full of fresh perspectives and ideas on the topic. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.